All right, well, let's go ahead and take our Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians chapter number 5, and tonight we are starting our series on Music Matters. And a long time coming, and uh, looking forward to going through this series with everyone and learning and growing together as a church family as it relates to this important topic of music. If you would, uh, if you're able to stand, if you'd join me in standing for the reading of God's Word, Ephesians chapter 5, we'll read verses 17 through 19, and uh, we'll look here and be back here a little bit, but uh, this is just kind of more of an introductory message uh, tonight, um, but this is going to be a, a key passage that we'll be looking at throughout this series. Ephesians 5, verses 17 through 19, the Word of God says this, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And let's pray one more time. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to gather together in your house. Thank you for the the time and song that we've enjoyed this evening. And uh, Lord, I hope that you've enjoyed it. Lord, we've wanted to sing unto you. And uh, God, I pray that you would help us as we go into this series, Lord, to have an open heart, a tender spirit uh, to your word. And uh, Lord, I pray that we would be willing to lay down everything at your feet, including our music, our music taste, our music preferences, lay them down at your feet, acknowledging that, Lord, uh, you're most important, and uh, Lord, I pray that we'd be willing to surrender all to you. And uh, thank you for the opportunity to gather together in your house again, and please speak to our hearts now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Well, tonight we begin a very important series through music. Um, now, I realize that every person here tonight has opinions and preferences and very strong feelings, no doubt, when it comes to music. And um, I'm giving a lot of introductory thoughts here um, as we go through this, and it may not exactly flow. They're just random thoughts that I wanted to um, get out tonight. Um, I, I, I do not claim to be an expert on music. Uh, I don't have any degrees uh, regarding music. I didn't go and become a uh, go to school for music or anything of that nature. However, I have been studying the Bible regarding music, and, uh, and, and, and while I don't have a lot of degrees after my name, that, that doesn't mean we, we shouldn't just tune me out, right? Um, the Bible is the authority when it comes to music, and, uh, and, and so I, I have been doing some studying and in preparation for this series, and I, I think that these thoughts will be helpful for all of us. Um, I also want to mention that uh, when I was a teenager, I greatly struggled with music and uh, understanding the world's music versus what God was pleased with, and I, I had a big struggle, and I'll, I've shared that in the past, uh, and uh, I may share it again, um, but I definitely understand what it's like to struggle with music and wanting to hold on to uh, the music that I like and the, the music that I prefer and the music that makes me feel a certain way and, and wanting to hold on to that. I, I have a sensitivity to that. And so uh, tonight, if you're saying, you know, Pastor, you better not touch my music. Uh, you better not try to tell me that I should give up the music that I like. Uh, and that's not what I'm here to do tonight. That's not what this series is about. Um, this series is about looking at the scriptures and what saith the Lord regarding music. And hopefully all of us have a love for God enough to say, Hey, Lord, I want to line up with what you say in your word about music. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my feelings and my preferences and my experiences aside, and I want to find out what your word has to say about it, and then I want to submit myself to your word. I hope that's all of our hearts tonight and all of our desires um, when it comes to music. Instead of saying, Lord, you can have everything in my life, but you just stay out of my music. I hope that none of us have that mentality that uh, when it comes to 
you know, the rooms of our heart, the rooms of our life that we give him full access to every area of our life, including the music room that we give him the key and say, hey, you go in there. And if something needs to be um, changed, then I welcome that change. Uh, and I know, I know I'm talking to, to folks here that, that have some, some, deep, um, some deep and real um, uh, feelings and opinions regarding music. And, and, and I understand that, that, that this can be very difficult. Um, but I, I want you to know that as a teenager, I struggled with music very greatly. And, uh, and I'm, I, so I'm very sens- sympathetic and sensitive as well to that. This series, um, I want to mention, is not an attack on anyone in our church. Um, that's not the purpose. I'm not attacking anyone with this series. I'm also not trying to make any enemies with this series. I love each and every one of you, and I want to uh, be friends with you after this, after this series. And I want you to be friends with me. And uh, I, want, I want us to grow together in this area. I'm, I, I know that music, again, is very... Um, uh, very, very strong in people's lives, and um, when you start telling them about music and, and talking to people about music, they get very, uh, at times, very defensive, and uh, I hope that that's nobody's heart here tonight, uh, but again, I love everybody here. I'm not trying to create any controversy in the church or anything like that, but I am simply trying to uh, preach the Word of God, the whole counsel of God. And uh, I'm also trying to set things in order as the pastor of this church when it comes to music. Um, It is my responsibility to uh, provide oversight in every area, including music in the church. Uh, Titus 1.5 says, uh, Paul says to to Titus, he says, For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting. Um, so one of my responsibilities as a pastor is to set things in order, and part of that is the music uh, ministry of the church. Now, if there's one thing that can either take uh, our church in the right or wrong direction, um, I believe it is the music that comes into our church. I think it is that, that important for us to... Um, I, I think if, if we don't have any biblical understanding regarding music and we just, yeah, whatever you want and whatever the church down the street's doing, let's do that too. We start allowing whatever into our church, then our church is going to start going down the wrong direction. I really believe that and I've seen that in the churches that I've been a part of and uh, some churches that I've seen from a distance. I, I, I know that music is a big reason that many of them either stayed faithful or started to veer uh, the wrong direction. So the type of music that our church has is of utmost importance. And, uh, and, and, I, and we're not, by the way, the, the music that we choose isn't just based on taste or preference, uh, or it's because we all like it. Uh, there's a, there's a, it's a conviction. Um, so I, I wanted to make that comment as well. Now, my desire for this series is to simply look at what the scriptures say about this important topic. So, um, several introductory thoughts as we go through uh, this message here tonight. First of all, music is important to God. Music is important to God. And how do we know that it is important to God? Well, He, he created it, he, but, but here's the deal. Music is important to God because it's mentioned over 600 times in Scripture. 600 times. Now, to put this in perspective for us for a minute tonight, most of us, if I were to ask, the, if I were to ask you, do you strongly believe, do you have the conviction in your heart that the Scriptures were inspired by God? I would say that, that most of us would, would say amen to that, and yes, I believe that the Scriptures were inspired by God. But do you realize that there are only two main passages in the Bible that teach that the Scriptures are inspired by God? We have, of course, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16. We know it says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for correction, for reproof, for uh, instruction in righteousness, that the man of God be thoroughly furnished unto all good works, and then 2 Peter 121 is the other is the other reference on that. And uh, that, that says this, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And I'm not trying to say that that's 
That's not enough. I mean, look, that's all that God gave us regarding uh, the inspiration of the Scriptures. But, and we, we all believe that, okay? So that just goes to show you 600 times music is referenced in the Scriptures. That's, that's, that's a lot of references. Um, so we, we, we hold very strongly to the inspiration of the Scriptures, and we ought to. And those, those, those are clear passages and, and ones we can hang our hat on. But, but music is referenced over 600 times. And that goes to show how important music is. And, and since it is so important to God, we need to make sure that ours, the, the music that we choose to listen to, and that specifically as a church we choose to have in our worship services, we need to make sure that that music is right with Him. Not just assume that it is automatically right with Him just because we like it. Okay, so... Music is important to God. Secondly, here in, in the introduction, music is not given a non-essential status in Scripture. So, a lot of people think, well, look, it's a gray area. You, you do you when it comes to music, you know, and it's a matter of personal taste, personal preference, you know, music is, is not given a non-essential status in Scripture. It's, it's not one of those, well, we, we hold the virgin birth of Christ, but when it comes to music, that's, that's up to interpretation. That's up to how you feel about it. No, no, no. See, music's not given that type of status in Scripture. Many people think that music is very general when it comes to music, but actually the Bible is very specific on the topic of music. Much is said about its purpose, its type, and its content. And as we study Scripture, which we're going to be doing throughout this series, we're called to, uh, and, and we are called to study Scriptures, right? Study to show ourselves approved unto God, workmen that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So as we study the word of God, we can narrow our music down to a kind that will glorify the Lord. And on the other side, categories of which God does not approve of. So once again, I want to encourage everybody as we uh, really get started with this series tonight to plan to be here for each of these messages. And I, I was thinking about this, and when I wrote this, I was like, well, the thing is, we're starting this in the beginning of summer, and everybody's going to be hit and miss with vacations and things like that. But as much as possible, plan to be here in person to hear the messages. If you can't be here in person because you're out on vacation, uh, do your best to uh, catch up with these messages. I want every person in our church to have a biblical understanding of music, not just going with the flow of what they feel and prefer and enjoy and like, but that we uh, are looking at the Scriptures and what saith the Lord on it. Okay, so it's not given a non-essential status in Scripture, so obviously I could have just said it's given an essential status in Scripture, uh, but the double negative is important too. So it is essential, it is important, and we need to not just dismiss it and call it a gray area and do what you want on it. No, no, no. We, we, we need to find out what God has to say about this. Okay, so music's not given a non-essential status in Scripture. Next here, the Bible should be our authority. When it comes to music, sometimes we think, well, yeah, the Bible should be our authority when it comes to doctrine, when it comes to, you know, um, the ordinances of the church and the offices of the church. But when it comes to music, no, no, I get to be the authority in, in that area. I get to be the one that gets to choose what I like, not, not what God wants. God, God, you created music, but then from there I get to choose what I like, and then I become the authority. No, it's not our opinion. And by the way, it's not even my opinion. Okay, I'm not saying I don't want to elevate my opinion at all over the Bible. We, none of us should do that. The, the Bible is the authority. So it's not our preferences, not our experiences. I know sometimes it's like, well, my parents grew up listening to this certain music, and so it really, I, I enjoy it because I grew up listening to it when my parents were uh, listening to all that as, as I was growing up. And so that's just kind of who I am. It's part of me. And so, you know, sorry, but that's what I like. 
Well, that's fine that you like that as far as I can't change what you like, but, and, and, but, but our experiences should not determine whether it's right or wrong. Okay? Um, uh, the Bible should be our authority, not in what songs or genre helped us through a difficult time in the past. I think a lot of teenagers do go to music, and it helps them uh, at least temporarily get through a certain time of their life, and, and, and that becomes very nostalgic for them, and, and they enjoy listening to that music, and it really helps them through those times. Culture should not be the authority. And culture has, here in America, um, music is huge. I mean, it's become an idol. In fact, there's an entire music show entitled American Idol, and it's all about music. Um, perhaps you've heard of it. So the Bible needs to be our authority, not culture. And by the way, not even somebody with several degrees in education, music, and all of that, who is a so-called expert in music, they can't be the authority. The Bible needs to be the authority. God is the one who created it, and God has the right to tell us what music is good and what music is not. So what we believe about music should not be what we feel or what we like, but what God says. That's our authority. And, and, and by the way, we believe that as Baptists, don't we? Bible-only authority for faith and practice, except for music. And that's, that's up to my interpretation. That's up to my preference. That's up to my taste. No, the Bible should be our authority. And again, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to have a haughty spirit at all uh, through this. Uh, I, I, again, I've struggled with music. And I want to make sure that I'm pleasing the Lord in this area. And it's a, it's a battle. It's a struggle. But we need to let the Bible be our authority. So this, this series, uh, throughout the series, we're going to look at what the Bible says about music. And I would encourage you to let the Bible be your authority on the topic. And to, to say to your feelings and your preferences and your likes and your dislikes and, and, and say, you know what, you're going, to, you're going to go over there and I'm going to let the Bible be the authority. Bible should be our authority. Uh, next, and I think this is the last one before we get into the actual outline. Uh, next, music is not neutral. Music is not neutral. Music is a language that conveys a specific message. And I know that a lot of people believe, you know, hey, it's, it, it's, not, it's not the music that's the most important part. It's the, it's the lyrics. You know, hey, as long as the lyrics are pleasing to God, then the rest doesn't matter. So what you're saying then is you can take, you know, How Great Thou Art and apply that to a rap beat and call that godly music. Mm. No, here's the deal. Ephesians 5.19, your Bible is open there says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, okay, th those are the words that you're singing, but then making melody, that's the tune, that's the music aspect of it. Now, when we talk about music, we're, all, we're referring to it in kind of both the combo of music, the music aspect and the lyrics, the words. Um, but music versus lyrics, look, both matter. Having the right lyrics obviously matter, but then having the right tune also matters. Both are important, and both uh, God desires godliness in. Look, because here's the thing, musical notes are neutral. I said music's not neutral, musical notes are. Um, we talked about this morning that old man that did the tuning fork and, and heard the middle C. That's, that's a musical note. Music, uh, middle C is not wrong. It's not necessarily right. It's just what God created. And, and uh, it, it, that one's neutral, but, but not when they're combined with other notes. When you put multiple notes together by man, they, can, they form to convey a definite message. Uh, for instance, it, the, uh, the notes that form... Happy birthday convey a definite message, and, and it communicates something 
to where we're, and if I knew how to play the piano, I would do this, but I don't. You, you can take these, these notes and put them together to form happy birthday, and it makes us all feel something, right? We all feel, well, happy and feel like we're about to eat some cake, and, and uh, maybe somebody's going to open some presents, and it just puts us in a place, and it, and it puts us in a mood, because we hear that, that happy song, happy birthday. But then if we were to play uh, taps, th- those notes that form taps, that, that puts us in a different place, doesn't it? I mean, it's, we're not thinking presents and cake, we're thinking somberness. We're thinking sad for someone who passed away, and we're thinking of uh, perhaps honoring a, a soldier who gave their lives for their country. See, the notes are neutral, but the music itself is not. They're, they're, it conveys a definite message. You think about even letters, the written letter, the alphabet letters. I mean, same thing. By itself, each letter is not wrong or right necessarily, but when you combine them with other letters, then it conveys a a definite message. You take the letter D uh, by itself, is neutral, but when combined with other letters, it can be used to convey a good or bad message. For instance, the letter D can be combined with other letters to form the word divine, but it can also be formed a word, the form to the word devilish, two different messages. And musical notes are the same thing. They can be formed together to uh, convey a good message or a a bad message. Let's look at a couple Bible examples. Remember, the Bible is our authority in all this. Let's look at a couple Bible examples of this. If you go to 1 Samuel chapter number 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. I'm not going to force myself to be done with this message tonight. Um, I don't want to overwhelm everybody um, with the first message. So uh, I, I, we'll see how far I get in this. But 1 Samuel 16 and verse number 14. And this is a familiar uh, passage when it comes to music, of course. The Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Saul's servant said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants, which are before thee, to seek out a man who is a cunning player in the harp. It shall come to pass, when the evil spirit from God is upon thee, that he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well. Saul said unto his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well, and bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants, and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite that is cunning and playing, a mighty valiant man, a man of war, and prudent matters, and a comely person, and lords with him. So wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse, and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. Jesse took an ass laden with bread, bottle of wine, and a kid, and sent them by David his son unto Saul. And David came to Saul, and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sight. And then here it is, verse 23, It came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took an harp and played with his hand, so Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. So the message of whatever David was playing there was, the the message there was such that the evil spirit uh, departed and wasn't welcome there because... It was, a good, it was a good tune. It was a good song that he was playing. And Saul was refreshed as a result. But you compare that example to the next one, the Israelites and the golden calf in Exodus 32. So if we go back in our Bible to Exodus 32, just to show you really the, the power of music. I mean, here Saul was, King Saul had, uh, was very troubled And by the way, I do encourage those of us who are dealing with trials and tribulations and we're really troubled, well, let's listen to some good godly music um, and let that refresh our soul. So Exodus 32 and verse 17, Moses is on the mount, Aaron is left in charge, and what does Aaron do? He builds a golden calf gets all the golden earrings from everybody, and they form this 
golden calf, and they begin to worship this golden calf. Verse number 15, it says, Moses' turn went down from the mount, and the two tables of the testimony were in his hand. The tables were written on both their sides, on the one side and on the other were they written, and the tables uh, were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God graven upon the tables. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. So the music that he, was, that he was hearing of this worship that was going on of this golden calf, it sounded like war. It sounded like uh, what I would, con- what I, in my mind's eye, would, would be the modern day rock music. Just this, you know, heavy metal, um, the sound of war. Um, and so he said, verse 18, Is not this the voice of them that shout for mastery? Neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. Okay, and then they, he gets down, and verse number 19, It came to pass as soon as he came nigh into the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger waxed hot, and he brake the tables out of his hands, brake them beneath the mount. He took the calf which they had made, burnt it in the fire, and ground it to powder, strutted upon the water, and made the children of Israel drink of it. So what they were doing is they were singing, but the song and the type of songs that they were singing um, were the sounds of war, and this was not the right... um, Again, these musical notes were formed together to convey a message. So there's not, it's not neutral. Music is not neutral. And by the way, even people of this world who are not saved understand this very truth that music is not neutral. Tina Turner cited in Rock Facts, Rock and Roll and Hall of Fame Museum, uh, who, by the way, just died a few days ago uh, on, I think, May 24th. Here's what she said about music. Rock and roll is fun. It's full of energy. It's naughty. That's what she said. Somebody's, or here's another thought here. If all musical styles are neutral, why does one of the foremost experts in drumming claim that certain rhythms can alter the state of one's consciousness? Mickey Hart, drummer for the Grateful Dead, has traveled the world researching the power of drums. In his book, Drumming at the Edge of Magic, he observes, Everywhere you look on the planet, people are using drums to alter consciousness. I've discovered, along with many others, the extraordinary power of music, particularly percussion, to influence the human mind and body. There have been many times when I felt as if the drum has carried me to an open door into another world. Wow. Now, why does, why does he say this? Because he knows that music is not neutral, that certain music and certain rhythms produce certain results, and that music is a language. Pietro Masgani, an Italian composer um, who died in 1945, said this, Modern music is as dangerous as narcotics. But isn't music just neutral? I mean, even these unsaved people understand the truth of what we're trying to communicate tonight. The music is not neutral. Aristotle said music has a power of forming the character and should therefore be introduced in the education of the young. Yeah, but the right music should be introduced to the education of the young. I would add Mr. Aristotle. Plato taught, in order to take the spiritual temperature of an individual or society, one must mark the music. And as we look at our society today, uh, you can look at the music that is so prevalent in our culture today, and no, it's no wonder that we don't have a heart for God anymore. It's no wonder we've turned our back, by and large, as a nation on God, because we're now serving the God of music. Paul Katner of the Jefferson Airplane said, The new rock music is intended to broaden the generation gap, alienate parents from their children, and prepare young people for revolution. But isn't music neutral? It's no big deal. It's kind of whatever you want, and whatever you think is good, then go for it. You do you when it comes to music. 
Um, no, I mean, there, there, there's definitely a, an agenda with the music, and we'll get to that uh, probably not tonight, uh, but probably next time. Dr. Howard Hansen, an authority on music, stated in the American Journal of Psychiat Psychiatric... Yeah, that. Um, music is a curiously subtle art with innumerable varying emotional connotations. It is made up of many ingredients, and according to the proportions of those components, it can be soothing or invigorating, ennobling, or vulgarizing. It has powers for evil as well as for good. And... You know, those who study this definitely find this to be true, that music uh, can influence things. And, and we, we know this, for those who have watched a movie, uh, there's a score that is in that movie, and those uh, composers are trying to create a mood and a feeling as you face that particular scene. And if it's a scary scene, they use certain type of music. They don't use, like, happy birthday type music. Right? They, they know what kind of music evokes these type of emotions. See, music is a language. It's not neutral. Henry David Thoreau, here's a few more. I have, I have actually quite a few more here. Henry David Thoreau said, Music has helped cause the destruction of the Greek and Roman empires, and it will sooner or later destroy America and England. Wow. And do we see that? Well, hey, it's no, it's because we all, it's because, you know, the Democrats cheated in the election. That's why our country is going down the tubes. I mean, that probably happened. That, that's not why we're going down the tubes. It's because we've started serving strange, strange gods, which we talked about in our Sunday school class. And we're not willing to put those away. And one of those strange gods that we've been worshiping and following is music. And starting to destroy the moral fabric of our country. And sadly, it's starting to infiltrate churches. And that's why, as the pastor of this church, I have to be extra on guard to make sure that we're not allowing things into our church that are going to take us down the wrong path. Cheetah Magazine quoted a musician as saying this, If the establishment knew what today's popular music is saying, not what the words are saying, but what the music itself is saying, they would just turn their thumb down on it. They'd ban it. They'd smash all the records and arrest anyone who tried to play it. So we're not even dealing with the lyrics of these songs. We're dealing with, they were just referring to the actual beat and the rhythm and the melody and all those things and the harmony and all of it. The late Neil Postman stated in his book, Amusing Ourselves to Death, he said, To maintain that technology, music is neutral, is stupidity, plain and simple. Dr. Max Schoen wrote in the Psychology of Music, The medical, psychiatric, and other evidence for the non-neutrality of music is so overwhelming that it frankly amazes me that anyone should seriously say otherwise. And then Frank Zappa, who, by the way, incidentally, uh, attended the very same high school that I did in Lancaster, California, Antelope Valley High School. Not the same years, okay? I am not that old. Uh, he, he, he graduated in 1958, but, but that was always a claim to fame of us who went to Antelope Valley High School that Frank Zappa went to our school and he graduated from AV. Um, I never really thought that was all that amazing. But anyway, here's what Frank Zappa said about music. He said, The loud sounds and bright lights are tremendous indoctrination tools. It is possible to modify the human chemical structure with the right combination of frequencies. If the right kind of beat makes you tap your foot, what kind of beat makes you curl your fist and strike? See, Frank Zappa understood the, the power and the non-neutrality of music, that it can cause us to do things. And it was causing the nation of Israel in Exodus 32 to do things that they ought not do. Worship a golden calf. Uh, dance around. And they probably weren't dancing around with very modest clothing on. 
I mean, this was, this was a very uh, worldly and very fleshly uh, scenario going on in Exodus 32, and music was one of the big reasons that was happening. Christian author Tim Fisher wrote in, the, in his book, The Battle for Christian Music, he said, it is almost impossible to overstate the absurdity of the claim that music is neutral, amoral, or void of communication by itself. Those who have looked beyond the current music publications know that no one has ever taken the position that music is neutral except for Christians in the last 25 years. And typically what they found is, what it is is Christians who want to hold on to their music and still worship God, who say music is just neutral. It's, it's you know, it, you, you pick whatever you want. You can listen to rap music if that's your preference. You can listen to rock music if that's what speaks to you. You can listen to R&B if, that, if that's what is your thing. And, and, and you can listen to hymns if that's what you like. But, you know, they're all... See, the thing is, is there, there is a right or wrong um, because of the message that all of those convey. Okay, those are the introductory thoughts. Let me get into maybe one of these, and, uh, and then we'll go ahead and end here and, and pick it up here next week. But first of all, as we uh, look at the fact that music matters, and we're, gonna, we're talking about the purpose of music, okay? That's the, uh, that's the title of the message tonight. And uh, I, yeah, number one here, music was created for the glory of God. Music was created for the glory of God. That's why music was, God created it, is so that his creation can sing these songs to his praise and to his glory. Not so that we can rock out at a concert and pay a bunch of money to go to a concert and, and see things that no Christian should be seeing. That's not why God created, so that we can express ourselves. No, it's so that we can glorify God. That's why God created music. Here's an example of music being used for the right purpose if you turn to 2 Chronicles chapter number 5. 2 Chronicles chapter number 5. This is the grand opening of Solomon's temple. And let's take a, just a minute here to uh, look at this. And read this chapter together. Thus, verse 1, all the work that Solomon made for the house of the Lord was finished. And Solomon brought in all things, all the things that David his father had dedicated. And the silver and the gold and all the instruments put he among the treasures of the house of God. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel unto Jerusalem to bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. Wherefore, verse 3, all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto the king in the feast, which was in the seventh month. And all the elders of Israel came, and the Levites took up the ark, and they brought up the ark, and the tabernacle of the congregation, and all the holy vessels that were in the tabernacle. These did the priests and the Levites bring up. Also, King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel were assembled unto him before the ark, sacrificed sheep and oxen, which could not be told nor numbered for multitude. And the priests brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord unto his place, to the oracle of the house, into the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubim. So this is very ceremonial. This is very, uh, there's a lot of people there watching all of this. Verse number eight, for the cherubim spread forth their wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubims covered the ark and the staves thereof. And they drew out the staves of the ark, that the, that the ends of the staves were seen from the ark before the oracle, but they were not seen without, and there it is unto this day. There was nothing in the ark save the two tables, which Moses put therein in Horeb, when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. And it came to pass, when the priests were come out out of the holy place, for all the priests that were present were sanctified, and did not then wait by course. Also the Levites, which were the singers... All of them of Asaph and of Heman and uh, Judathun, and with their sons and with their brethren, being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them a hundred and twenty priests sounding with trumpets. It came even to pass, as the trumpets, trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments, uh, of music and praise the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. That then the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord. 
And verse 14 says, So much so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. That must have been a pretty amazing thing to be part of. But what was happening, it was this, this little ceremony that was going on, and then, and then the music began, and it was for God's glory. It was to praise God for who He is. And, and they were praising and thanking the Lord in verse number 13 and, and saying, He is good, His mercy endureth forever. And then what happened then? God's glory came and filled that house. See, music was created for the glory of God. And by the way, our whole lives were created for God's glory. And everything we should do, everything in us and about us should bring glory to God. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10.31, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God, including listening to music, including participating in music. So our music ought to glorify God. Is it currently in your life? Would you say God is pleased with your music? I'm not saying if you're pleased with your music, because I think, you know, all of us would say, well, I listen to what pleases me. But is that really what we should be doing? Or should we be doing, listening to music that pleases Him? Because you see, music is created and was created for His glory. The angels in the book of Revelation, they're singing praises to God and, and, and for His glory. Let's turn to Revelation just real quickly, and we'll wrap it up after this here. Revelation chapter number 4. We'll look at a couple passages of Revelation and then, and then call it a night. But Revelation chapter number 4, and we'll pick it up in verse number... I, I, I'm tempted to read the whole chapter, but we'll pick it up in verse number 8. The four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. When those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created, including music. So the angels um, are using music and uh, singing and their voices to bring glory to God in heaven. But then one day... The redeemed of the earth will do this as well in Revelation chapter 19. In verse number 1, it says, And after these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God, for true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication, and hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia, and her smoke uh, rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Alleluia. And in verse number 6, well, let me keep reading here. Verse 5, a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And then verse 6, And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice. Give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. So there is going to be worship that is going to bring glory to God. And it was because that's why it was created. It was created for the glory of God. And you and I, again, were created for His glory. And not to just live however we want and uh, to bring glory to ourselves. And there's a lot more that we're going to get into that um, this kind of flows into. We're not going to get there tonight. But music was created for the glory of God. And I mentioned at the beginning that when I was a teenager, I struggled with music. Um, I was around a lot of friends who listened to all kinds of different music, um, Led Zeppelin and um, all the alternative music of the 90s. 
And I got sucked into that because I wanted to be popular with my friends. And so I began to going, I, I went to, um, you know, the music store in town, which was called Warehouse. Anybody remembers that uh, music store back in the day? And, and I'd buy a couple records and, uh, well, not records. I was, I was very much in the modern days, cassette tapes. Yeah. So I bought some cassette tapes and listened to those. And then, um, so I started kind of getting my, starting to develop a little bit of a collection. And then I got a, an advertisement in the mail saying um, a cassette of the month club, you know, you, 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 you get like 10 cassettes for a penny if you buy one at regular price. And I'm like, boy, that is a great deal. And so I signed up for that. You could not sign up online for those things at that time. So you had to send in your money in the snail mail. Okay, teenagers, you have to get a stamp and an envelope and all those things. Okay. And so I did that, and then I got, my, I got my cassettes in, and I began to start listening to them. And then I started going to a Baptist church in the area about the same time that I just signed up for that. And I've shared this before with you all, um, but I, this definitely applies here. And the pastor would just, almost every service, mention something about music, and making sure that our music is pleasing to the Lord and making sure that we're, you know, and he would talk about rock music, uh, just mention it in his sermon, and, and he would throw it in all, all the sermons. I mean, even on Mother's Day when he's talking about how to be a good mom, and he'd throw in rock music in that message somehow. Like, how do you do that? Uh, but uh, the Lord wanted to get Eric's attention because this was becoming a stronghold in my life and it was something that I was holding on to and did not want to let go because I had just signed up for the cassette of the month club. Well, finally, after hearing it for the umpteenth time, I decided, okay, fine, I am going to surrender my music to you, Lord. And so I went home and at that time you actually had physical music. You didn't have it just on your phone and subscriptions to all these streaming services. But so I went into my room and I opened my drawer and there were all my cassettes and a few even really modern CDs. And I grabbed all those that I knew were not pleasing to God. And I took them and put them in a big black trash can or bag. I took that trash bag and I went to the backyard and I opened the big trash can and I put that in there and I closed it and then that was it. That was a big moment for me. I'm really thankful that I made that decision at that point. Again, I struggle with music. Those, mu those songs that I listened to in that time of my life, when they come on at a restaurant, when they come on when I'm out shopping, I remember those songs and I'm tempted to sing along to them. I'm tempted to look them up and listen to them again. I know, I'm a pastor. I, I'm just telling you, music's powerful. Um, because I remember the feelings that I had when I listened to those, and those all come back up the moment that song gets played on the radio or the whatever they're playing over the PA systems. Yeah, we went to, um, last Friday night, we went to um, the Savannah Bananas game. Uh, many of you may have heard of the Savannah Bananas. They're the baseball team that goes around and plays with a little bit special rules, and it's very fun, entertaining. And I thought it would be fun to take um, our kids to go see this. But I did not realize that the entire time it would be just song after song that gets pumped into the stadium. Uh, they, there's just no dead time at all. It's just constant music, and it's... I, it was not the hymns that we just sung tonight, I promise you that. And, you know, look, we, we understand that some of that's going to happen, and, but I did not expect, you know, two and a half hours of just constant music just being pumped in. And I'll be honest, there are some songs that I knew pretty well. I wish I didn't. But it was all because of those days back when I was a teenager, and I did allow that to become a stronghold in my life. But then I eventually got to the point where I was willing to surrender that to the Lord and gave all that up. Again, those things still, though they became a memory, and the devil uses those memories 
Uh, we talked about that last Sunday morning. Um, here's what I'm asking everybody to do tonight as we get started with this series on music. I'm asking everybody here tonight to, to surrender your music to the Lord. To desire that everything in your life pleases the Lord, even music. I mean, would you be willing to take your music and put it in a garbage bag and throw it away in order to please God? And I'm not saying that I'm the ultimate example in this. I'm not, because again, there, I, I wish I had done it long before this. But are you willing to take your music? And, and, and I know it's not very possible to actually take a garbage bag and throw your music away anymore. Because it's all on our devices. It's all on our computers. We all have all these subscriptions. But are you willing to eliminate the music that is not pleasing to God if that's what he wants? Are you willing to do that? Or is it just so important to you, you have to have your Beatles. You have to have your whatever. You fill in the blank on the band that you listen to and still like all these years later. I've got to have my country music. I've got to have my uh, you know, pop artists and fill in the blank. I've got to have them. They're so, are they more important to you than God? Because if God wants you to eliminate them, I hope that all of us are willing to surrender uh, that to the Lord. There's a song that we sing, and we're going to sing it tonight as we close the service, I Surrender All. All to Jesus I surrender, all to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. I surrender all. Does that include music in my life? I hope the answer is yes. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all, including music. Are you willing to figuratively get a trash bag and say, Lord, I'm going to get all the songs that I've been listening to, all the bands that I've been listening to, all the albums that I have that I know are not pleasing to you and eliminate them from my life in order to please you. By the way, don't just eliminate and leave this vacuum. Replace it with some good stuff. Replace it with things that do honor and glorify God. Because God knows we need music in our life. He created it. He created it so that we would use it to glorify Him, not so that we would glorify ourselves or glorify Satan. So let's surrender our music to the Lord tonight. Let's pray together, and then we'll pick it up here next time um, as we uh, continue our series next week. Lord, we do thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the gift of music. Lord, it really is a blessing. And Lord, you have blessed uh, us with the music that can refresh our soul, that can encourage us and lift us up. Lord, it, but also it's not just for us. It's so that we can glorify you.